My name is Nia Clark. If you've listened to this podcast, then you know that it was once called Black Wall Street 1921. Season one chronicled history and events related to the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. For many years, this story was suppressed. This is a part of history that has only recently begun to receive the recognition it deserves. Initially, this podcast was intended to be a limited series, one-season podcast. However, it gained a far greater following than I anticipated. To date, it has been downloaded or streamed hundreds of thousands of times. I appreciate each and every person who's done so. Creating this podcast has shown me that there are so many people who want to know about important parts of our history that have largely been ignored or omitted from history literature. For this reason, I've decided to extend the podcast. As you know, the name is now Dreams of Black Wall Street. After devoting the first season to the Tulsa Race Massacre, or the destruction of what many people know as Black Wall Street, now I will explore the history and evolution of other once-thriving predominantly Black communities that are both known by the moniker Black Wall Street, as well as those that fit such a description. This season will focus on a period in history filled with a great deal of hope and a great deal of disappointment, a period in which African Americans, only several generations removed from slavery, were on a quest for community and the promise of full citizenship, the right to be both politically engaged and, at the very least, try their hand at supporting themselves and their families while maintaining the right to seek out the proper means to do so. It will also illuminate the backlash from the racist power structure of the day that occurred as a result, as well as methods of resistance that African Americans used to survive. We'll explore the intersection of identity, politics, and economics. A guest you'll hear later on calls the fusion of the study of the latter two topics political economics. Despite the policies enacted during Reconstruction that gave Black Americans more paths to political and economic enfranchisement than they'd ever known until that point, eventually enfranchised African Americans were viewed as a threat to the racial hierarchy of the era that was largely based on that which existed during slavery. This hierarchy would work to mirror the racial and social norms established during slavery while continuing to use the cheap labor of Black and poor people to fuel the economic growth of the powerful. This season, we'll explore the once primarily Black, rural, self-sufficient town of Rosewood, Florida. But we'll use Rosewood as a lens into the conditions of Black Floridians during this time. Rosewood was a bright spot of Black independence in Levy County that existed amid the dark shadows of the Jim Crow South. During the first week of January 1923, Rosewood became the site of a racially motivated massacre of a number of the town's African-American residents and the destruction of the rural hamlet. Accounts of the death toll vary, ranging between less than 10 people to more than 100. At the time, like incidents of a similar nature, the Rosewood massacre was characterized as a race riot. Florida and other parts of the country, especially the South, have been experiencing a particularly large number of lynchings of Black men in the years leading up to the massacre. However, this isn't just a story about the destruction of another Black community. It's also about the decades-long road to compensation, a long, complicated road fraught with emotional highs and lows that resulted in just a sliver of repayment for all that was lost in that tragedy. I will also highlight historical circumstances that served as the background to the 1923 destruction or racial cleansing of Rosewood, including the emergence of the all-Black Florida community of Eatonville, the 1920 voting day racial cleansing of Blacks in Ocoee, and the 1922 attack on the Black community of Perry. 
When analyzing many commonalities between the Tulsa Race Massacre, the Rosewood Massacre, and the dozens upon dozens of racially motivated so-called riots, many of which were actually massacres, as well as acts of racial cleansing that ultimately led to the end or destruction of many of these Black communities, one in particular stood out to me. The fact that these tragedies were part of a larger effort to undo many of the gains African Americans had made since the start of Reconstruction, which followed the Civil War, Political and economic disenfranchisement, racism, discrimination, efforts to deny Black Americans their constitutional rights and civil liberties, as well as Jim Crow laws, would chip away at parts that hadn't been destroyed by violence. Decades later, socioeconomic, political, and economic institutional racism continued to stifle the ability of Black Americans to ascend the ladder of American society and enjoy many of the rights codified in our Constitution, state, and local laws. During this second season, I intend to give listeners a fairly comprehensive understanding of everything that created the conditions for the Rosewood Massacre to occur. This includes a brief overview of the history of colonial and post-Reconstruction Florida prior to the Rosewood Massacre. <laughs>